Hello, folks. Welcome back to another podcast. Uh, we are excited to have in studio Mr. Mike Bigler and Rob Simpson. Uh, we had a good time chatting. I think I had to finally just cut it off, as uh, I can tell we were going to go about three hours. Uh, Rob is from Australia and uh, owns and operates Simpson Aeroelectric, specializing in avionics. Mike Bigler uh, runs Bigler & Associates. He is a management company who specializes in um, stealing business from Loft. And uh, <laughs> we're glad to have him in studio. We had a great time chatting, and I hope you folks enjoy it. I'm the idiot. I think he was looking at me when he said that. I'm just visiting. No, he said that. (laughs) Mike, Rob, thanks for doing this, guys. I appreciate it. Not a problem. Not a problem. Yeah, so this is, uh, um, we just bullshit about aviation. Sometimes we get off on tangents that have nothing to do with aviation. So we'll see what you do. Oh, sure got be, trouble. Be, be careful what you wish for. Yeah, be careful what you wish for. The wheels could come off the bus. So we were just in there talking, and I said, you know what? We got enough stories and enough stuff to talk about. We should probably put some of this down on vinyl. What do you think? Well, it's really interesting when you start to look at that side of it now. The, um, well, we're lovers of aviation. It just pours out. Yeah. Well, I'm gonna just, this like, is actually what happens when you put too many old pilots in the same room. Yeah, well, well what's, that. Your, what's your point? Yeah. I'm just getting started. <laughs> My what career's up? not winding down like yours is. <laughs> Sting. Ouch. We just asked for a copy of your medical, and you're pretending like you don't have one. <laughs> it's okay to be a second-class medical. It's okay. Don't worry about it. The rest of us do it because we don't want to do the EKGs anymore. Yeah, that's my story. That's my. That's exactly if right. if I got a heart arrhythmia, I don't want to know about yeah, it. Exactly. I just want to keel over. <laughs> I'm with you on that. Now, what I was going to say before, one of the things that's interesting is you start to look at it now and you go, where's all the history? Um, okay, you people don't know me. You've just met me today. I came to the States a week and a half ago because I wanted to go to Oshkosh. After Oshkosh, I went to Houston to go and have a look at Mission Control Room that's just been reopened. Fabulous. Because I saw that live as a nine-year-old. Yeah. I've spoken to Mike about it. How old were you, Mike, when they landed on the moon? I was seven. Seven. So you look at that and you go, um, did it happen? Yeah. How could it not happen? You go and have a look at this place and you just see. Well, it didn't happen. It's all conspiracy, no, guys. Course, Come yeah. on. It was, done, yeah. Holy it was done in Hollywood. Yeah. I have an uncle that still believes that, by the way. <laughs> there I are, truly do. There are many people, Mike, yes. who believe that. The flat earth. There are many people, yeah. <laughs> you know you know who actually did? I don't know if you guys listened to him, but Joe Rogan, he's actually one of the guys that um, was the reason that we even thought about this podcast. I think there's hundreds of people that are doing podcasts because of him. And um, he's a very famous podcaster. He's always at the top of the list of, of most famous podcasters. And he, for a while, admits that he believed it, that he wow. thought it was faked. Wow. And I wow. love that. And you know what? When you listen to these guys talk, they got a point. <laughs> Look. Because here's – and funny enough – they did actually fake some of the pictures. That's proven that they did. Now, did they land on the moon? Yes, they landed on the moon. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But the fact that that whole conspiracy stuff is... It's entertaining, if nothing else. Yeah, I agree. But anyway, I agree. What, I was, what I was getting at with it all is, 
I've come from the other side of the universe. Um, sorry, the world, not the universe. Rob is from you Australia. Know, that's the one. Yes. Uh, the great land down under. All right. Um, Avionics expert. Uh, X is an unknown quantity and it spurts a drip under pressure, so let's not go there. <laughs> He'll attest to that. See, I knew this was going to be a good book. I just fucking knew it. <laughs> <laughs> no, the minute you guys walked into my office, I went, call and go get the goddamn computer turned on. <laughs> go get some booze. <laughs> Oh, no, that that all goes uh, down. Then. That, we're, we're about to go to a whole new world there. If you do that. We've tried that a couple times. And let me tell you, about about sixty seven minutes into it, it's, yeah, it's messy. nonsense. Yeah. It's nonsense. We're we're starting to edit. <laughs> but anyway, I spent a week at Oshkosh because it was one of those infamous things that I had to do. Last year, I went to Reno because I needed to go to Reno. Hell yes. Uh, and it's the sort of thing you look at it and you go, where is the next generation coming from? Where are the next people that are going to get involved in aviation? Yep. And and what are they getting involved in? We've um, talked about it several times on this podcast. That's we're, that, we're fearful. We're fearful. Well, I, I live it every day. I can't find why. That's why I'm here with Alex. I can't find pilots. Yep. And Alex that's and I just had deal. we just had the conversation this morning driving over here, and he's only 28 years old, right. the same age as my son. Um, and at a great time. Holy yeah. moly. He can yeah. do whatever yeah. he wants. Yeah. yeah. And we just had the conversation over here. He was telling me it's his generation that has no energy or desire to do anything except play on YouTube all day. Oh, boy. We're going to turn this into a political conversation. And, and well, <laughs> I'll, give, I'll, give, I'll, I'll give you one in a second. But he's, from at, Australia, he's absolutely right. Yeah. And so when I, I, unfortunately, that is when true. I come across these young guys that have any aspiration to fly – I grab them by the shirt collar and, you know, drag them kicking and screaming and say, this is what we're going to Exactly. And I've got a couple more I'm looking at now, but they've got to have, you know, they've got to have more than brains. They've got to have a desire and nobody, (laughs) nobody has this desire anymore. When was the last time? We're all old enough that we did this. We grew up sitting on our bicycle watching airplanes take off at the airport. Yep. When was the last time you saw a kid do that? When was the last time you saw a kid on a bicycle? Well, he gets arrested now. He gets arrested now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And you, don't, you don't have a known yeah. crew member badge. Yeah. You're going yeah, to jail. Yeah, you don't have no crew member. <laughs> exactly right. Yeah. What are you doing out here? What's in your backpack, kid? Yeah, exactly. Get down on your knees, put your hands behind your back. <laughs> that's exactly right. Yeah, that's why they don't come to the airport anymore. Yeah, and it's it's just, it's a sad situation. Um and we're not just being old fuddy-duddies get off my no, grass. No, no, There's no. a real issue here. I was I was uh, a, a guest at a, at a symposium six, eight years ago where we had the we had the head of the ND, MBAA, head of EAA, head of AOPA. He's name-dropping. A, a bunch of people. I couldn't even remember their names. But this was the discussion. This was the whole discussion. What are we going to do for pilots? What are we going to do for air traffic controllers? Right. Because yeah, that's a whole other issue. It's a whole other issue. That's what my son yeah. does, and it's, and he's in the same boat. He's they can't find enough people to fill slots. Right. And and it's and and they're good paying, and I want to say blue collar jobs. They're they're one of the blue collar jobs that pays an amazing amount of money with very little college education, if need be. I just saw Delta dropped, finally, finally said, you know what? Screw the college degree. Let's just, let's see what we got here. Delta. Delta. JetBlue will pay you to go to school if you'll come fly for them. Right. You know, it's, we're, we're in a time where we have to change how we look at this because if we don't, we're going to have a whole bunch of iron sitting on the ground with nobody to drive it. Yeah. Well, it's already starting to happen. Yeah. And, And there has been some serious shots across the bow as far as warning signs that, you know, look, <laughs> the pipeline that existed before uh, either needs to be revamped. I know that the ab initio stuff is really starting to catch. I just saw Southwest Airlines just announced they're going to do an ab initio program now. So they're going to take qualified individuals, zero to hero, 
because they've already seen it. And American, Delta, Jet United, Blue, they're Jet all Blue's falling into suit to know that, okay, wait a minute. I mean, foreign Airlines have been doing it for a while. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, I'm sure you've heard about the MPL license. No, so that's why I was just about to jump in there for a sec. Our, what we see in Australia is totally different. Um, so, Oilers. what do you got? Well, I was just about to ask you, what do you see? If you get a, if you get a kid who wants to come along, I want to be a pilot. I want to be an airline pilot. What's he do? We're not even seeing that anymore. And you I think that was, I think that was problem. Mike's point. Yeah, is, is that we, it. even if like we would be hanging out at FBOs or anything like that, it would, there would be an epicenter of this gathering of folks that had interest in aviation. We're starting out. We're going to the airlines. There was this yep. flow. Those FBOs don't even exist anymore. Yep. At our airport, there's nothing. Nothing okay. anymore. Where they but, used to be four. But but let's let's just say that we had that one kid. How does he do it? How does how does how does he become an airline pilot? He better have parents that have a lot of money. Okay. Or, or here we go. Or, or, or military. Or he finds somebody like me. Yep. That will take the time to mentor him mm-hmm. and drag him along. Right. I mean, yeah. I, I. So we, I mean, what he basically has to do is put up with a pedophile. Yeah, I mean, exactly. that's what he has to do. And then, in, in reference to that pedophile, <laughs> but he's, but he's so then he nice. can. And that's what that's why he's got such a draw. He's had three guys here in the last couple of months. I mean, it's a beautiful thing, and they just put up with it. <laughs> hey, we got it, Joe. Exactly. This this is going to be played at your trial. <laughs> okay, how do we do it in Australia? We have this program called HEX. And what it is, it's a way that the government will give you money for anything that you wish to study for. So if it's an approved higher education scheme, that's brilliant. You can go to the government. So uh, I think the latest is it's about, and this is good, of course, you've got to remember the Aussie dollar is a little bit different than the American dollar. We're currently getting about 70 cents American for an Aussie dollar. Right. But if you decide to go and become a commercial pilot, which means you're going to end up with about 200 hours of flying, you go to the government and they give you $85,000. That is brilliant. Wow. That is brilliant. And you go off to an approved training organisation. We'll get back to that in a moment. Um, and you... But bit by bit, give them the money. I mean, the government pays the training organisation directly and you get taught to fly. And you come out of the end of it as what we now classify as the sausage factory because all that they do now is they pump pilots through. You come out of the end of it, you've got a bit of an idea about recognising an aeroplane yeah. two out of three times. So it's, a, it's an ab initio course as well? Ab initio course. You can come in cold off the street and come out of it with a commercial pilot's licence eight, nine months later. Right. Then you pay. Do you owe it. any money to the government? Yes, you do. You have to pay it all back. Okay. But you pay it all back once you go past a certain threshold. And what happens is it comes out of your wage each week. So once you go past like sixty-five or seventy thousand dollars, whatever the threshold is for each individual course, you then pay it back at hundred dollars a week or whatever back to the government. The interesting part is if you don't get a job, you, you don't ever pay it back. Oh my lord! We have got <laughs> that's fantastic. Millions and millions. It's such a simple idea and brilliant. Yeah, but we've got millions and millions of dollars now outstanding to the government that they're never going to see. Uh, the problem that we're seeing though, you think they'll shut the program down for that? No, they won't because they're, they're, we're looking at it at the moment. We're so far divorced from um, having people to, to fulfil these positions, and it, I'm not just talking about pilots. I'm talking about you know, medical. Whatever right. there's there's all these different schemes that you can actually get involved in. I can go and get it. You know, I've I've been a licensed aircraft maintenance engineer and a pilot now as, an, as a, a private pilot now for forty odd years. Right. I can go and do one of these courses if I want it. 
Yeah. The, the U.S. has a similar program. It, it's like a, a worker retraining program. Yep. And we've seen them come across occasionally trying to do the aviation thing. And, and what we basically have to do is I think the small difference is money, first of all. And second of all, you have to prove that you have a job waiting for you. Right. Okay. Yeah. And that's a little bit different than We'd, yours. And it's not nearly as – you can't get 85 grand out of them with a shotgun. It's not going to happen. So it's it's a very – sometimes they'll pay for a typewriting yep. course. Sometimes. Yep. Okay. The problem that we end up with here, though, is um, – and I've seen this firsthand just recently. You get guys that – you know, you, you remember when you first got your license, Mike, and you all of a sudden you wanted to go and get a um, – say a, a constant speed or retractable endorsement. You'd go and get all your friends together and you go, where can we go this weekend? And everybody chip in 100 bucks and off you yeah. go somewhere for the weekend. These guys have never hired an aeroplane. So they don't know what one costs. Yeah. So all of a sudden they go, oh, no, well, you see, I've got a job because I'm a commercial pilot, so I need a job. The problem is the the kid on the push bike sitting at the end of the fence is gone. And that's what we've got to work out, some way of getting back into it. As I said, we've got the sausage factory is generating pilots for us. But – well, they, they're, 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 they're making aircraft manipulators. Yeah, I wouldn't that, call them you. pilots, That's and I one. certainly wouldn't call them aviators. No, no, there's a no, huge no, spectrum of no, difference. They're not. There. Massive difference. Which is why I brought that MPL license up, which yeah. just makes my head hurt. Yeah. You know, I mean, Have you heard about this, the MPL certificate? No. So the foreign carriers, they're doing it already. This is essentially you take a zero-time guy uh, or gal, and you train them to run the radios and navigate. <laughs> They can kind of land if things went really, really bad, but they have no pilot certificate. It's called an MPL certificate. You're essentially a professional first officer with no skill set, but you understand how to work the radios. You understand how to check the pedo heat, et cetera, et cetera. And this is a real thing. And this has actually already been instituted in overseas carriers, and they're running them. This might be a good time for me to turn in my pilot's license and get a boat. Well, you'll be dead soon. Don't worry about so, it. You'll be fine. You know, it's interesting. By, by, by the time we're dead, it won't matter. It's interesting. You, you you just made the statement, the difference between these people that are coming out of, as he calls it, the sausage factories. We have one at Mather where I'm based, by the way. Right. It's all— And uh, we are seeing more here in the U.S. As they're, well. all okay. Korea, they're all Korean pilots. They mm-hmm. show up here— with nothing, they leave with about 400 hours, and they go put them in the right seat of the airlines over in Korea. Yeah. So that's what that's all Asian airlines. That's by the why way. I don't fly on the airplanes. But, no. but um, so you know that that actually just proves one thing, then, don't you? That Boeing and Airbus make single pilot airplanes. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, Whether they realize that, it or not, they've been saying that for years. Yeah, <laughs> and and it's probably headed that direction anyways. <laughs> but I just had an I, I was just on Rob. I just had an incident uh, two weeks ago in my premiere, where on the way to Aspen. I lost an FMS. Went into Aspen. allegedly. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, it lost it. It was it wasn't working when you left. Shut up. No, it, <laughs> I lost it about an hour and 40, 20 minutes into flight. Perfect. Actually. Perfect. So I couldn't fix it over there. Yeah. And I flew the airplane back from Aspen, just like I normally do. The only difference is I had to change what its slash code was, and I flew it home VOR to VOR. Right. And I looked at- Because, of course, it was MELable, and you yes, properly MELed I, I No. It actually, in my MEL, it says zero required for the RVSM. Oh, there you for go. For the FMS. Okay. I did look it up, because to tell you the truth, no, I had that question. Yeah. Can I fly it in RVSM airspace? Sure. I went and looked it up in my book. Yeah, because the FAA has lost all patience these days. Uh, they exactly. have no patience they're, anymore. Yeah, yeah. They're, no, they're not fun anymore. They used to be fun. When my dad was in the FAA. My, I don't remember that part. My dad was fun in the FAA. <laughs> well, he was um, the only one. Yeah. Um, but uh, I was talking to my client. He's a good friend of mine that I was flying back. And I just looked back at him while he was uh, pouring a glass of wine. And I said, you know, you're damn lucky you don't have a 24-year-old pilot. 
And he says, why is that? I says, because you'd be flying home on Delta. Yeah. While he was waiting for a mechanic to get there to figure out how to fly it, because these guys can't fly back to a VOR. Um, and that is the sad truth. And, and that is the sad and, and truth. And I think that's the direction that you were headed, Ross, yeah. is that this, unfortunately, the Sausage Factory are producing aviators that do not have stick and rudder skills. Yeah, because all none. of these is magenta line. When the magenta yeah. line runs out, land. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, and it's, it just amazes me, because I fly with a lot of these guys, these young guys, and I do biannual flight reviews, and it amazes me when you turn off their iPad they're ready to crash. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's now I will say that geo referencing iPad is sure pleasant. Oh no! Hey, hey, <laughs> look! Hey, I, hey, I, no, sure no, pleasant. No, no. With you. It sure I, saved me a couple times on the class Bravo. Look, no, 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 no <laughs> kidding. Holy shit! I didn't know it was there. Yeah. No kidding aside, I just flew my Mooney to Sitka, Alaska, and back last week. You beast! And I was IMC most of the way, and I was staring at two iPads just to make sure one didn't die. I mean, let's not, let's single, not kid ourselves. Single engine IFR, you psychopath. I am. I'm <laughs> yeah, it's good yeah, for over you. the water. Over the water. Over the water, yeah. uh, what, what, without a raft. Yeah, no, I did have a raft. I am a. I have more than for seven, how long? For how long that would last? Yeah, I have 20, more than five minutes. I have more than seven brain cells, so I did carry a raft. But <laughs> we'll fix but, that later. But no, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's it amazes me. These guys. I'm gonna tell you a true story. A while back, I did. As soon as somebody says that, by the way, it's not a true. Story. Yeah, no. It, yeah. I did, did, I did a biannual flight review for a private pilot, at my home, my home airport, um, in his own 180. And he's lived there for many years. So, I mean, he knows the area. We took off. And the airplane. Yeah, and the airplane. We took off, made a left-hand turn, got out over Folsom Lake, which left the Hangtown VOR about 22 miles behind us. And I I said to him, I says, all right, I says, I want you to dial up 115.5 and track it to the Hangtown VOR. (laughs) We're we're flying away from it at the moment. This this should be a guy that knows how to track to a VOR. and, and And he starts putting it into this little Lawrence map deal that he had velcroed nice. to the yoke nice and i reached over and unplugged the power cord to it and he goes what are you doing i said that's not part of your aircraft and we started to make and i said just turn the needle to the station and center it and fly to it and as god is my witness he looked at me and he said this is stupid nobody uses those anymore outstanding outstanding and that was what i was thinking wow. when i was coming home VOR to VOR in a multi-million dollar jet the other day. Yeah. Going, why not? It still works, still works if you know how. Hey, you're lucky you've still yeah. got them. And yeah. this guy wants to know why I won't sign off his BFR. Yeah. I'm like, it, it yeah. just amazes me that this is what we have got to in this industry now. Yeah, and well, I don't want it to sound like old fuddy-duddy stuff, but no, it is a fact. But it, it is, is it, no, it's a, a fact. loss of airmanship is a scary And this guy's not a young kid. This guy's 58 years old. So he just, it's, there, you just, you just said it perfectly. It is a loss of airman skills. Yeah, we see it, we see it here at Loft, gentlemen, I, and I hate to say this, and I'm not going to throw anybody under the bus other than the general population, but in the last year and a half, our failure rate has gone up significantly. I don't the doubt The folks it. that we're seeing come through the door now are very underqualified. About but, but, two, about but, two but, months ago, I read an article in Aviation International News that was stating that the airline pilots are losing their skill set oh, yeah. because everything they do is automated now. Yeah. Well, and, that's been happening for a while. And I can attest to that, Noel, because I have some airline friends that are getting close to retired that want to come fly for me. And so, Racks. Uh, Racks. And, and so occasionally is what I'll do is I'll say, look, I'm going to wherever, Palm Springs, and drop somebody off. Go with me. And you can fly the, the airplane back. I turn off – I start turning off an autopilot. 
and they're done. Yeah. There's a I, lot of conversations I, online. I actually had, yeah, and I actually uh, had, I won't mention the airline because I don't want to throw anybody under the bus, but I actually had a guy about three months ago in the premiere, an airline pilot. He's about two years away from retiring. And we got down to 8,000 feet going back into um, Mather. And I said, let's just stop here for a minute and do a couple of steep turns. And we lost 1,100 feet in the first 180 degrees. Wow. He's just getting warmed up, Mike. You're being too harsh. I, I You're know. You're being I'm, too harsh. I'm, you got to get the I'm, feel I'm, of it, man. I'm such an asshole. you got to get the I feel get of it. it. Well, don't do steep turns at 60 knots. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's your first problem, right? You'll speed up a little bit. Yeah. I mean, it's, and it's, he was looking at your attitude indicator. Well, don't look at my attitude. My attitude sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Within 20 minutes, we've already figured that out, Mike. <laughs> Hey Rob, we were talking a little bit too about that uh, that aircraft that starts with a shotgun shell. Yeah, and you just—I mean, just what, what was it again? It's a Canberra bomber. Canberra, Canberra bomber. So there's two of them still flying in the world. When I say still flying, um, one's still in England, the other one's in Australia, uh, and it's owned and operated by Tamora Aviation Museum. Um, now it's in for a major service at the moment. It's probably been in the hangar in a fairly substantial state of disrepair, or not disrepair, but uh, disassembly for the last two years. And of all a restoration goes, well, project or just a... No, it's a, it's a routine service. Okay. Um, yeah, routine service on a Canberra bomber. Let's, <laughs> yeah, that, that's, that's not coming out of petty cash. That doesn't sound like routine. <laughs> um, but it's pretty big. I mean, there's you know, three or 400 x-rays have to be done on the aeroplane. All yeah. the undercarriage came out. It was x-rayed, MPI'd. Okay. Uh, engines came out. They did an inspection on the engine and that's when they found the major corrosion in the engines. Uh, now, it's interesting. What type of engine is it? It's an Avon. An uh, Avon. Yep, Rolls-Royce Avon. So, okay. But, yeah, the, the reason why there's major corrosion on this, and this is this video that you that I showed you. Right. Yeah, if you don't mind ex- just explaining the, that start process. <laughs> I mean, I've never even heard of such a thing, other than I was making the joke about the movie. The movie the, uh, Rise of the Phoenix. Yes. I, I knew you were that. they were using that. That, yeah. the shotguns to yeah. try to start the yeah. motor. So if you but, look at the, the one that's in Rise of the Phoenix, where they use the shotgun-style cartridge to start a radial engine, mm-hmm. this uses something about probably 10 times larger than that, and it runs a gas-generated turbine in the nose of a jet engine. Um, starts and accelerates a jet engine from zero to idle. So they about- physically go out front, unscrew this cap, uh, yes. plug this cartridge in, yes. screw the cap back in, yep. go back around, get back into the cockpit. Yep. Okay. And put all the levers in the right position, put all the switches in the right position, and then it's clear, push the button, fuel goes in, ignition comes on all at the same time, and the engine is idling about two and a half, three seconds. And I saw that video, and it literally is two seconds, boom, and it's flying. Yep. So if anybody wants to go and find it, just Google Canberra Bomber Cartridge Start (laughs) and go and have a look. Oh, because that was a YouTube video that you showed me. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. go and have a look on YouTube. It is the funniest thing you'll ever see. It's black smoke. It looks fantastic. But we're not allowed to do it anymore because the cartridges are getting old. They haven't been made since the the 50s. Actually, the last lot of cartridges we got were, I think they were made in the 90s. Right. And this was um, this was the ones that were actually came out from England with the aeroplane when it was imported into Australia. So it's like first generation Airstar because I know our RL thirty nine that we do the upset recovery in. Yep. It uses a little APU, but then it, it starts with air. Yeah, that's an yep. Airstar. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Airstar motor. I mean, we have a lot, obviously the seven two was Airstar. Yeah. Well, this this was an Airstarter of of almost the same style of thing. However, it uh, it used expanding gases like a uh, a solid rocket booster. Really? So if nothing else, it's really entertaining. Yeah, I bet. So <laughs> unfortunately, you're not gonna be able. To 
to do it much more no, anymore. No. You'll modify it for an air starter or no, something? No, mod- modifying it for electric start. Here's oh, a little bit of fun. that's shame. That's, um, that's, that ruins it. Well, yeah. yeah, it does. <laughs> but, but how's this? Okay, we've got to get a little bit of modern technology into this. So we've gone back to have a look at a Comet. Very nice. Um, and we've worked out the Comet used to actually have a internal start capability. So there were six batteries in a Comet. And what they did is the first battery was used to run the 24 volts on the aircraft system. The other five were put into series because they needed a hell of a lot of power to operate this thing. That's a lot of power. And so they worked it out. If we up the voltage, we can decrease the current. And is the Comet the same engine, the same Avon engine? It's it's an Avon, but it's a different dash number. Okay. So we got bits and pieces from the two engines, putting them together. So the starter motor draws about 200 amps. And you go, that's not bad, but it's at 120 volts. (laughs) (laughs) It's going to cook a chicken. So (laughs) we we got these wires that look like come off a Lincoln welder are running through the engine now, going to this starter motor that's going on the front of it. So we're still – we haven't worked it all out yet, but we're getting close. And you can heat up your lunch at the same time. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So we've worked out, okay, where do you put six batteries in a Canberra bomber? What's a bomber got but a Bombay? Oh, that's outstanding. I love it. I love it. Just don't hit the button. (laughs) (laughs) Drop all your batteries over the countryside. Not doing that again. But yeah, I mean, it's 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 one of the things that's actually really interesting. Um, not only with you know with the uh, the Canberra, but the history aspect of it, and it's that's the, the interesting part yeah. is that's where we're actually seeing some of the guys that sit at the airport fence is actually involved in historical aviation. It's, sure, they're the ones that are starting to come out of the woodwork a little bit, where they're saying, "Well, okay, show me more, teach me more, or, or can I? How can I get involved right. in this?" That's why the importance of the air shows. I mean, I know that for a while there too, they talked about shutting down Reno after that really bad crash. Well, it was interesting when you talk about that one. I was there in '48. Um, I arrived at Reno at about 5:20. Went to the hotel and. All these helicopters are flying past. Oh, it must be part of the air show. Oh, no. no, it wasn't. It was ferrying yeah. the injured. Um, I went to Reno for the 55th, and I, I thought, I'm going back. So this was last year, 2018, I went to Reno and met up with some people. And as you do, we started to talk about aeroplanes and alcohol. <laughs> and the alcohol started to talk a lot more. And they said, come and have a drink with us. And I'd literally met these people in the car park. Right. So I said, okay, well, where? And they said, oh, give us your phone number. We'll give you a call. So they rang me up and said, okay, meet us at such and such. They met me there and they said, okay, put this badge on. I go, what's this badge for? So anyway, walked inside, walked in. They didn't tell me that their area that they were in was row A in line with the start-finish line. So uh, they had a then also had a petrol-powered margarita machine. God bless them. So awesome. we drank margaritas for the rest of the day. But it was interesting. I was talking away to them, and I, they said, oh, have you ever been before? And I said, no, I was here for the 48th. And they went, oh, yeah, we were here for that. And I went, oh, really? Same spot. And they went, yeah. And I said, so where did – what what happened? And they said, oh, well, if you have a look back over there and literally pointed about 20 yards away, and there was this spare spot on the ground, and that's where the aeroplane hit. Yeah. And I went, well, what, that close? And the one guy lifted up his um, – jeans and yep there was a scar wow. that's where he got hit with something God, that's scary and i said did it stop you did it make you change your views or your thoughts and they went why yeah well you that's know? a true aviation lover that's yeah. these, yeah. these guys we, under, we 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 a long time ago all of us a long time ago accepted the fact that there was a, a, a level of risk here yeah and that and that level of risk you don't you, that doesn't waver you know and it's the same thing i compare them to like the motorcycle races the tt race yep you know i mean the those, isle of man guys those, those yeah. I, when you watch those videos i cannot even comprehend 
the level of aggression and lack of fear that they have to do that. Oh, oh man, stuff. Go down, they watch the guys die right in front of them, yep. and they come back the next year and they do it again. Do it again. Yeah. That's that's like that's like us times a thousand hmm. on that scale of level of hey, I just I love this so much that I I have accepted and understand the danger of it, and that's why we've all lost people we we care about. Yeah. yeah. It was interesting, though, to actually see the transition because I said to them, what's actually changed with Reno? And one of the big things that did change was the racing line. It was much further away. So right, right. it was good. It was interesting. Yeah, it was. I, I still loved it, but it was it just the buzz wasn't there. What I did see interesting, though, was at Oshkosh last week. Um, you're allowed to fly over the crowd. Interesting. In really? Australia, we're not. No, yeah, most of the time here, there's a very strict protocol about yeah, flying over the usually, crowd. It's usually either a 500 or a 1,000-foot show yeah. line is normal. Yeah, they, well, they even started cracking down on the on the Blue Angels, uh, you know, the, the sneaker guy that comes over yeah. the top of your head when you're watching the, the big loop. Yep. They've even started cutting back on that. Yep. Every day. Yeah. Every day they had no either a 22 or a 35 over the crowd, straight over behind us. Wow. Uh, very impressive. I loved it. I thought it was fabulous. Yeah. Um, but, but, yeah, and I spoke to a few people about that, and they sort of went, what? Yeah. Every time there's a crash on, I think that was the way we were headed is that, you know, they always talk about shutting these things down. And yeah. if you do that, you really will completely shut down the pipeline of pilots because those, those air shows are so incredibly important. Absolutely. And again, there's an accepted level of risk when you go to one of those things. Well, you, you read the back of the ticket. Yeah. It's all on there. <laughs> and that's kind of that's what got me going in aviation. My dad being, you know, in, in the FAA for all those years. He's the guy that wrote the waiver for all these things. Right. He was, he was an inspector. Yeah. He was the, he was the, the manager at, the, at Sacramento FISDO for t- many years. And so he would meet with all the pilots, write the waivers, and then he'd have to go monitor the air show. Well, as a right. kid, I grew up getting drug around air shows all summer long. Brilliant. I mean, I've been to so many of them, I, don't, I can't even count anymore. And um, it was neat as I got a little older and became a teenager because then he'd start sneaking me in the back of airplanes when they went up to do their routine. So that was <laughs> that was a, a benefit. But but um, you get that in your blood and you start because I was raised around airplanes. They, to me, I thought everybody had an airplane. They had a car. Why didn't they have an airplane? That's how we went and saw grandma. I didn't know any different. Right. Um, <laughs> I really didn't know any different. And um, that's where. It started like right. That's like you're talking about. If you shut down these air shows, you're gonna you're gonna kill aviation because that's Completely. what got those juices flowing. Oh, and yeah. you're like, this is cool. Yeah. I could do this. This is fun. <laughs> and yet, it was later in life when I actually when I actually did it. I was working in middle management of corporate America, and walked in my I'd been there 15 years and walked in one day and quit. Yeah, just on a dime. Right. And everybody thought, well, you're an idiot. And that's, you know, well, I think we all have never been disputed. We all have similar stories. Yeah. It's never, yeah, it's never been disputed. And and my wife said to me that night, she goes, what are you going to do? And I said, I want to go flying. Yeah. And that's where it started. I think um, a lot of us did that. I mean, yeah. I, I mean, I, I made it all the way to the airlines. I was, I was having, I held a line in Los Angeles, making a God awful amount of money with a wonderful retirement. And that was it. And I'm 30, and I'm like, this is it. Yeah, now what? This now I'm going to do this for another 40 some odd years. Exactly. And I just, I just melted. I just melted. It was the best airline in the world, and I melted because I came up through the ranks in corporate aviation, flying GA airplanes, and I missed it. And I just missed it. And I, and I, and I took a gigantic pay cut with no chance of ever making that money again. 
to go back and 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 remember why it is that I started flying airplanes to begin with. I mean, I yeah, think all of us could have done things that would have provided far more money in our absolutely. Yeah. yeah, don't get into this for money. No, you get in this for love. Yeah, yeah. and but it, that's the loss that we're talking that's about. That's the loss. That's what we're we're not seeing anymore. Or I shouldn't say that 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 attitude is not prevalent as it was prevalent when I was coming up through the ranks. Yeah, this is why I latched on to Alex. He's he's a young kid. He's a high level engineer at Intel. He makes a a lot of money. Oh, we're screwed. Yeah. We're he, screwed. He you makes, should have told me that before we signed him up for the yeah. class. And yet he has this love of this. <laughs> this is going to be a $5 million type rating. No. 30000 yeah. bucks, And yeah. we'll still be going, all right, look, we're going to talk about this hold one more time. Yeah. <laughs> look at it. The stats repriving. Don't overthink it. Yeah. yeah. But no, he- uh, <laughs> Not going to look out he the has window once. Lo- he has this love for aviation, and he wants to fly for me. And Brilliant. I've told him, that's fine. And what not, a great way to do it, too. Come you, into aviation with yeah, a couple of pennies in your pocket. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That'll go away quickly. But you're not going to make the kind of money you make now. And he's like, I don't care. Yeah. And, and I understand that mentality. So he actually now. wants to make a career change. Yeah. Oh, fabulous. It, he really does. Yeah. And, you know, it's it's interesting. But, you know, I will say this, though. His timing is good because now the money is coming back. The money is coming. Yeah. I can get to we're that. Seeing, I, we're seeing 1000 bucks a day now for CJ guys. Yeah. I'm seeing yeah. citation captains now easily over six figures. For most of the time. I read a great article about six months ago, um, and it was talking about how large corporations that, you know, that have fleets of airplanes, you know, four or five airplanes and a flight department used to go through this this really uh, in-depth interview process of pilots and yada-da-da-da-da-da to get them hired. And the article is stating these flight departments don't interview pilots anymore. Pilots now interview the company. (laughs) This was in Aviation International News. And the pilots now interview the company and decide, is that the flight department they want to fly for? This is not rhetoric. This is truth. This is the truth. And and how much are they actually – can I get out of this company to get me to come over here? Right. The tables have seriously turned. But it's – you would admit, and I I certainly say that what I've seen in the last six months to a year – is so wonderful for the industry because finally we're seeing corporate wake up and realize, you know, because there's always been a huge pay discrepancy between the airlines and the corporate Correct. world, unless you were at the top of the echelon of the corporate, you know, flying G-Wagons and Globals. But now even the smaller corporate flight departments are realizing that they have to step up. We had somebody on the podcast not too long ago who's managing a uh, corporate flight department on the East Coast. They've got a couple airplanes, King Air, Phenom, and he was saying exactly the same thing. We had to step in and go to the owners and say, look, you have to understand, we have to increase salaries 30% in order to attract even the level of average aviators that we were attracting before in order to get them to ref- even return our phone call. Correct. You know, and that's that. I love to see that. I love to see it. Well, I'd hate to be the manager of a flight department right this yeah. very second trying to staff I guys, know. I have to I deal with that. Which but, is what you deal with. Yeah. But here's here's the other side of that is. You know, for many years, those of us that fly in the corporate world, as as the crew, we were a commodity. You know, if if the person in the back, you of the were airplane, an annoyance. If the person in the back <laughs> of the airplane even knew your name, you were lucky. Right. Yeah, right, right. it isn't like that anymore. I can honestly tell you, um, and I've said this a hundred different people. I think I'm the luckiest man in the world. This career that I've chosen has. Um, afforded me the ability to get to know some of the greatest people I've ever met. I have formed some of the great, like Rob, right. we met 
I'm from from opposite sides of this planet. You have Tell me how did how did you yeah. guys how did you guys uh, meet? Well, yeah, you're gonna get this. Okay. I'll let him explain it. In a <laughs> no, minute. no, no. You yeah. got to tell the story. You got to tell the start of the story. Okay, but but <laughs> don't don't talk half an hour. Our, our fucking listeners will fall over. But no, look, I'll, I'll make it great. <laughs> fall asleep. But it's what it's. But let me finish that thought real quick because it's what it's done is it's bringing the owners. And the business people into to understanding, hey, we are people and we have lives. And and if you can keep us happy, we can keep you happy. I'm very lucky that I fly a lot of single pilot jets. So my owners are always asking me, is Sandy going to go with us this weekend? Right. Because she gets to ride the cockpit with me, which keeps me happy when I'm sitting somewhere in a hotel. Mm-hmm. And that's where this industry is starting to change. They're starting to recognize. He's a pedophile and a misogynist. Exactly. <laughs> Poor yeah. Sandy. Who's Sandy? <laughs> <laughs> I'm on Sandy's side. No, she's my girlfriend, but don't tell my <laughs> wife no <laughs> no it's, apparently it's approved these days no it is it, yeah, i just yes, saw on the news that uh, you can hold a ceremony and you can actually call out a concubine there you, exactly so Indy the, or something, the story of how the story that he started to brought, bring up how did we meet i'm at my desk one day and i get a phone call and it's a guy with a talks funny like he does Wang. and no, i think he talks appropriately yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is proper English. Yeah. I don't know what the hell we're talking. And he's sitting at uh, uh, the FBO in Portland. They had just bought Oregon, Maine, Portland, Oregon. Okay, he had just bought an Ultra, and for their operations in Australia, and they also have an Australia Global Express. Okay, this guy happens to be rated in both, and they went through the pre-buy up at Jetcraft, and they were getting ready to. He was going to fly another pilot in from Australia. They were going to fly the airplane home. When somebody in the FAA said, you can't do that. You have an Australian pilot's license, and that's an in-numbered and registered airplane. You can't fly it out of the country. Guy at Jetcraft, I don't know who, says, call Mike. See if he can help you. So I get this phone call from this Aussie guy and says— Is that true? You can't do that? I, no. thought, I thought for sure you couldn't. No. Uh, <laughs> you, could, you, could, you can't fly it. Out of America. Out of America. You can fly it in America. You can fly it here. And you can fly it in Australia, right? An unregistered airplane with an Australian certificate? Yep, but you can't transit. You can't transit it. Okay. So I just blanked out there for a minute. So anyway, so he calls (laughs) me. That makes perfect sense, right? Yeah. 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 So he's telling me this, and he says, is there any chance you can help me get this airplane to Australia? And I said, I might be able to. When are you thinking? He said, tomorrow. <laughs> Hold on a minute. <laughs> just, just buddy in for a sec. This was not me this time. Uh, so, got it. Now, got at it. this point in and my- You don't even know where Australia is. I can't even find it on a map. And in this point in my flying career, the only the only out of the United States flying I have ever done was- It's Vic- been to Florida. Was been Victoria, Canada, actually. <laughs> um, it's a little ways from Florida, but it's, you know, you'll get there eventually. And so I scrambled my schedule and said, yes, if you can give me two days- so we moved the flight back. Anyway, long story short, this guy's flown all over the world. So he knew how to do that part of it. I'm looking at it as an educational opportunity beyond belief. Of and course. I can't believe yeah. this guy's actually going to pay me to do this. Right. So, so they want you to fly this 560 to Australia. So I jump out on the airline, go up to Oregon. We take off the next day. And up through Russia we go, and down through Japan, and out to uh, Port Moresby. Well, you really Guinea. are lost. He needs a globe. I need. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's what he had. Was just this ball in the cockpit. He's just yeah, yeah. about there. Yeah. It was I'm, one of the nighttime ones too, so yeah. you didn't even see the continents. <laughs> I'm flying behind the, the old Bendix eyeball that nobody knows really which way you're going yeah. um, when you're on perfect, the approach. Yeah. Perfect. So we get to Australia, and we get this thing done. I get over there, and the guy's got a couple of Citation pilots over there. How did have, you do it? Did you use a handler or something, or did you do all the flight planning yourself? How did you? We, do that? we did it with a handler. Okay. It was because I wouldn't even know where to start. It is the coolest thing I've ever 
ever done. I got to tell you, it's really cool. And so we get down there, and he says, look, I got a couple of pilots that are not current. Can you get them current down mm-hmm. here? So now I'm- Oh, you're fl- stealing business from me again, Mike? So, so, yeah, I was. I, you know, it's- oh. <laughs> Now listen, look, if you the, want now wait, if you want to put it. an extension of loft in Melbourne, right. I'm your guy. All right. Okay. We're talking. Rob <laughs> and I can make this happen. We'll come, we, we can make this work. We'll put a little alcove on the outside of his hangar. I'm okay. I'm listening. We'll do this. I'm always open to ideas. Yeah. Um, it'll serve beer. Uh, because that's all they know how to do down there, by the way. Yeah. You guys haven't found the margarita machine yeah, yeah. yet. Do not, it's just not petrol yeah, driven. Yeah. <laughs> we can fix that. Yeah, I was going to say, so, I, got a, I got a whole new idea now. So now I find myself flying around Australia for two weeks teaching. Okay. Seeing the whole country. Right. Mike calls me up one morning and says, hey, I need, you want to be a co-pilot tomorrow? Sure, let's go. Now I find myself in a Global Express going to Auckland, New Zealand to pick up his boss. You know how much editing we're going to have to do on this? I mean, there's so much no. bullshit. No, so, <laughs> So this could be done in like eight minutes. So the long the long story short is, you're he, gonna you've never touched a global in your life, never, and you walk up the stairs and you're gonna go do three takeoffs and landings and be an SIC in this thing. No, I got in the left seat and flew it to Auckland. Somebody call somebody. <laughs> There's somebody I call. I didn't I couldn't find an FAA guy in, in Australia. We so we're I, not even gonna be yeah. able to let him listen to this back. <laughs> I'm just gonna punch this thing out. Don't even don't even send him the link. So <laughs> sometime later on he's talking to Rob here and says, hey, if you ever need an airplane from America, call this clown. <laughs> so? So you did. So <laughs> Rob's called me a few times. I run around out here, find the airplane. Right. That looks like all the pieces are still on it. If it looks close enough, he flies over here and makes sure they're all in the right place. Yeah. And then send the pilot over or the owner. It's Most of these are owner-operators. Okay. And I train them here in the U.S. Okay, stealing business from us. Stealing business again. again. Yeah, 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 exactly. That's brilliant. Yeah. And and then we do the delivery together so that they really get That's re- actually a real really good world, way of going about that. Real-world experience of yeah. how to fly this thing. Well, the other part about it that's interesting is a lot of the times the insurance company have a requirement where sure. they've got to have 50 hours of ICAs. Yeah. How yeah. are you going to get 50 ICAs? Yeah, well, I, home. I can get yeah. 33 and a half getting it there. Yep. Yeah. And then, and the neat thing about that is whether it's winter here. When it's here, only a 15-hour trip. Yeah, well, yeah. When uh, it, no, it's, you got to talk about the trips sometimes. Yeah. So <laughs> let's talk about maybe that's, but Maybe we should, this is a two-part podcast. Let's, this might be, yeah. Let's, we'll be we'll back just, tomorrow. We'll just skip your sim sessions. And we'll... <laughs> let's talk about Russia. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> but the neat, the, oh, Jesus. No, no, no. So <laughs> that kind of trouble. So the need you say that out here, we start getting tapped. Yeah. The neat thing about doing this. If I say Trump and Russia in the same sentence, all of a sudden, and somebody yeah. pops out of the roof. Yeah, yeah black helicopters are outside. <laughs> Jesus. Well, you were used to the guns, weren't you? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's another well, Siri story. just heard me. So, so it's yeah. obviously listening to every fucking thing I say. So the neat thing about doing this with these new owner-operators is, whether it's summer here or winter here, it's the opposite when you get down there. So we get to fly every weather condition just in this trip. Right, right. And so I've done... I've done so you'll train them here and then uh, get them to uh, yeah. get them typed? No, and then they, and we can't type them here. They oh, have Australian, Australian license. Yeah. But well, Rob, we can. Rob has... Rob has as an examiner when we land. Oh, brilliant. Okay. But it's neat because now, so now Mike introduced me to that. Mm -hmm. I've now done these trips on my own since then. And it's just been an eye-opening experience of dealing with other countries and other languages and and what happens when you... um, That's a long ways to Australia. That's a long ways. uh, Yeah. In in a typical (laughs) citation, and I'm not talking about a 10 that'll go to Hawaii, but when you go up, you know, the old Pacific Rim route, when you go up through uh, through Russia and, and Alaska and, and down through Japan, and then we go down through um, 
the Philippines and, and down through Indonesia. It's about 33 and a half flight hours over three days, and okay. it's the longest three days you'll ever and, spend. And, and I'm astonishingly ignorant on this because I've never done it, even with the airlines. Then I'm going to call it. you on the next one. We'll you do can, it together. That's not happening. No, I'm not doing that. Why that sounds not? terrible. It is so much fun. You're making that up. There's no way. Sitting on my couch drinking wine sounds way better. Uh, well, what makes you, well, what makes you think watching we're not reruns wine? of Breaking Bad? <laughs> well, that's fine. Yeah, I would hope so. I mean, there's nobody going to check you. Is it is it hard to get overflight permits for Russia and such? Or is it's, that? And I, the, I know that sounds the, ignorant, the but tough, I just don't know. The tough one is Petropavlovsk <laughs> because Petropavlovsk is a Russian Air Force base. Oh, and it takes a little bit of manipulating to get it a clearance to land there. Now they'll probably never let me land there again. Um, the lady, I would imagine the, the restrictions because, have come well, up. Well, the, the one. One lady wants her laundry back off of her clothesline. Um, it, was, it was just it was, it was, it wasn't. That it, was a, bad. it was a little misunderstanding and how and in, in, in a it was a, this, it was a little yeah, communi- it was whole, a little communication error. It's gonna be a whole series of podcasts. <laughs> It's like three right here. Only two we can release. But I will tell you, when you pull up on the ramp and they surround the airplane with military guys and AK-47s, mm-hmm. it does get your attention. Yeah. I'm just going to say that. No. No. So, yeah. I that was, I nice. did do that. Very there nice, there's Mike. a little communication error. Very, nice. Very nice. I would expect nothing yeah. less from yeah. you, Mike. Nice. Yeah. Very yeah. nice. <laughs> Are you doing another trip anytime soon? Well, we're trying something. We, we have a guy over there that, that I did deliver an airplane for, a great, great individual, um, and he's looking maybe to upgrade. Okay. And so Rob and I are kind of trying to reel that in and make that Cold happen. scheming. Scheming, yeah. Right, 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 yeah. right, right. That's a proof. Yeah, yeah. That's a proof. Yeah. So is there now, I mean, as far as economy-wise and airplane-wise, is there a big draw in Australia now for some of these mid-sized corporate jets? What's What we're starting to find now is, uh, for whatever reason, people have now worked out, hey, these things are actually not too bad. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the the larger end or the big end of town of everybody started to buy globals, oh, um, really? or six fifties, six sixty, you know, all, all that's oh, all, all wow. that, that okay. heavy iron stuff is starting to come in. Sure. What's now happening is a lot of people are looking at it, going, "Well, if they can have a jet, why can't I have a jet?" And starting to see things like early series citations okay. aren't that bad. Right. Um, the, the problem prob- is they, they have no inventory. Right. That's, Obviously, that's what I was asking the yeah, question. Yeah. Is, is that's why you're, this is a, a business. That's yeah. why this is working. Yeah. Uh, the hard part for us nowadays is the, the 500 series citation, which you now is a great, brilliant entry level. We're starting to find difficulty with engines now. Yeah. Um, yeah, the, yeah. the poor old JD-15-1As, it, they're almost end of life. Yeah. We recently, uh, a client of mine recently bought an aeroplane specifically to take both engines off mm-hmm. and send both engines to Prince Edward Island to get them inspected. One we scrapped and right. then the other one we managed to get back together out of using both engines to build one. Right. What about the, the FJ44 conversions? I mean, we, we're doing a lot of those in the States. I took one of those down there. Yeah. One of, that's that's the first one that Mike did for me was a 44 conversion. Okay. Um, they're getting cheaper and cheaper now, too. Yeah. We, we actually looked at, when we were converting the L39 to the Garrett, we Doing looked at that FJ, yeah, because they're, the factory's doing it. Yes. You know, and, that's, a, and obviously they've already a got it. That's 159, isn't it? Yes. Yep. Yeah. Hydraulic canopies. Yep. Oh, stunning, stunning aeroplane. Yeah. We, we can't get one of those yet. No. They won't let no, us. No. <laughs> <laughs> they um, barely let us have the L39. Yeah. But that's from the ATF all the time. Oh, and I guess and I guess you're not here about the A or the T. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, the problem that we're coming up against I stole with- that line, by the way. It's not an original line. It's from Dogs of War, I think. <laughs> <laughs> I that, so I, I don't want to take credit for that. It's not my line. Um, 
even though if you if you start to look at the, um, the as I said, the, the first citation that Mike brought over for me was a Sierra Industries forty four conversion. Those are great. Those are great. Magic, airplanes. magic little aeroplane. The interesting part is if you talk to Williams now, that that particular engine, which is a forty four two A, right, is no longer manufactured. Still supported, yeah. not a problem. But they're actually and there are a lot of parts because there's a lot of those yeah. motors. But they're actually no longer manufactured. So you start to look at it and you go, okay, what's the next modification? Uh, apparently no one's doing spirit lears anymore because they can't get the engines. Mm. So what's next? Yeah. What, what, but there, what? There, there will be something. Something oh, will fill that void yeah. because there's so many of those airplanes. Well, you start to look at it, the go-to airplane, I think, next will be the early CJ series. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, where yeah. people are going to say, well, okay, they're a little bit cheaper. I, I, you know, if, if they've been a, an operator of a CJ for a while, they'll start to look at stepping up to something bigger, something better, something yeah. faster or longer legs. We don't mind taking the dregs. Yeah. Um, well, they're I, not. They're really not the dregs no, either. Yeah. No. They're just. They're just. I mean, with the when you look at the jump between the CJ and the Phenom, or some of the newer jets, we were just talking about the Honda jet. Correct. Um, there's just a huge price difference. Yeah. I and mean, when you look at it right now, I can literally go buy a CJ with winglets. And you know, well, like, I'm going to go down that road. Yeah. But you know, a CJ with that's winglets a bad subject right, right now. Uh, they're, they're back up and running. <laughs> I Everything's know. good. Uh, it's I just know. you try to convince the public these things are okay. Exactly. They, they approached us and said, "Hey, would you guys put you know winglets on your CJ?" And I said, "For free? Yeah. <laughs> we might do it for free, but um, a million bucks." Yeah, you can't with a tap program. You know, yeah. you got engines on tap for a yeah. million bucks buying a CJ. How are you going to touch that? That's why. I, that's why I fly the Premier. Yeah. Yeah. Well, don't, don't, please, don't do that. Stop. 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 Well, the Premier. I'm old. I need an airplane I can stand up in. If I have to bend over very long in the co- in the cabin, I get you know. I, it, I, I it's get at least better than a beach jet. They, oh, they yeah. should just put beach jets on poles. <laughs> have you ever flown the Premier? I have not. I talk trash. I have okay. no I'm, idea what I'm, I'm talking I'm about. Going to convert- talking out the side of my face. I'm, I have no idea what I'll I'm talking I'll make a about. believer out of you. Okay. I'm listening. Because uh, seriously, it's my, my operating costs on that airplane over a straight CJ are so close, it's ridiculous. Oh, I did the, not know. The airplane oh. The airplane is a third faster than a CJ on 12% more fuel. Uh, Google that. He's full of shit. Yeah. There's no, no way. No, it is. It's, <laughs> it is. Is it, it really? Is a third faster? On, tw- on 12% more fuel. Do the math. And I no shit. And it's a stand-up cabin, and I and I can, I bought ours for a million three. Holy moly! I uh, no idea. It's a on, stunning on airplane a f- with a fully funded cast program and a fully funded tap program. Wow! All right, I'll so sh- I'll shut up. And I, and I have to tell up. you, no, I look. I'm the guy. I, oh, you're not making that up. No, that's real. I cruise at four. F- I cruise at four fifty every day. It's a point eight airplane. Four fifty every day. Did you send me that photo one day? You had 456, I think, is true, and you had a ground speed of just shy of 600. Yes, oh, I did do that. Yeah. That'll get you there. <laughs> yeah. That'll get you there. So what, so what, what legs-wise? It's a 1,400-mile airplane. Okay. Yeah, well, I always, I always say it like this. It's a 1,400-mile east. It's 900 west. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's so, the same, yeah. Yeah, same yeah. as CJ. Same, yeah, same, yeah. It's the same well, as a CJ. A little bit less. It's just a lot... And it's funny because we're gonna get you some winglets for the premiere. There's a company working on that. <laughs> I bet there is. <laughs> I, I think Tamarack looked at it. Actually. Here's what they're looking. Here's what they're looking at. I just don't know how many of those. How many is it? How many is it, does it say they're, they're how many airplanes there are premieres? I yeah. think there's like 415 something like that. Google fool here. He'll, he'll he'll get it. Yeah, I may be off a little bit on that. Um, but now that Textron bought Beechcraft, they're it, being supported. Should, they're being you 300. 300. 300 now. Yeah, yeah. Still flying. But now you can take them to a citation service center and have sure, work done. Sure, yeah, that'd be true. Yeah. yeah. But I was a guy that would walk around the airport going, oh, my God, that is the ugliest thing with wings on it. And I've always <laughs> Which been Which is the that, only reason I was talking trash. And I've always been that guy. It still looks like a pregnant, pregnant guppy, guppy to me. But 
once I flew one, and it is literally like having your own private little fighter jet. Hmm. Yeah. It is a sports car. And it is so much fun. Now, now you're now you're exaggerating. No, it is so much fun to fly. <laughs> you had me up till then. It's not a fighter. I know. <laughs> you just but, you lost me at that point. But it is it is a good airplane to fly. It's got some funny characteristics, but all airplanes do. Sure. But uh, it's the, from, from a personal transport standpoint, that's not planned. And that's, no, that's, it's that's the, it, it's yeah. the operating economics that makes sense, and yep. you can buy them so cheap. And I think that was our point: is, is that from an acquisition cost, you yeah. know, if we're looking at a million dollars for a CJ. You know, and I can fly from here to Bozeman, Montana, and still have plenty of gas, and I don't have to get on an airliner. I don't know what that's worth, but I'm in. Yeah, exactly. I'm in. And yeah. the problem, you know, to Rob's point, why they're starting to look at these these things down there is because, like you said, they you get st- that. You, you, start, you start looking at it like a CJ3 to replace it with. Well, you're nobody five million. Kind of, yeah, you're five million dollars. Yeah, yeah, that's not. Yeah, that's and, a whole different level. And I can do everything. I can do everything that airplane will do. But I do okay. it for a million three. Okay, now yep. again, I can't quite go the range. No, I can't, but, but, again, I think we all right, might well, have. All right, look, at CJ, look at a CJ. Yeah, CJ three is one of the finest mid-sized jets I've I ever agree. seen. I agree. I agree. No. I mean, my God, I agree. What a beautiful right, look airplane. at a CJ. They, I think they pushed it when they went to the CJ four, but you know, God, yeah, that, it, what a beautiful airplane. It's funny you say that because every owner that I know <laughs> that had a three and bought a four, and every pilot that I know that wanted fl- to go back or the, did go to back, flew the three and flew the four, and myself included. Went back to the three. Yeah, we had a we had a client here that uh, had a CJ three for a long time, was on the list for the four, took delivery of the four, flew it two months, gave it back to him. Yep, and and literally took his airplane back from Textron. Yep, yep. I think that's C- saying something. I think the also. CJ two and the CJ three are the best thing Cessna's ever made. They're phenomenal yeah. aircraft. Two's a great airplane. Two's a fantastic airplane. Two's a, two's a great airplane. That's what I want to talk to this guy in Australia and. That's what he really needs yeah. as a two. Well, and and also too now they. I mean, I know there's a big controversy, but it'll blow over. But the CJ two with the with the winglets too is is really doing something pretty spectacular. I know they had they're having some issues with the three. I you know, I don't know how they're going to address that, and that that'll, that'll just have to come. But uh, with those type of additions too, with a limited amount of money outlay for the for the winglet type thing, yeah. is uh, is impressive. And I'm not saying that because I'm have any relationship with them sales wise, but it's interesting to see the aftermarket modifications, engines, winglets, avionics packages <laughs> avionics that are coming packages. down the pipe that are making these airplanes. Essentially, you don't have to go out and spend five six million yeah. bucks. Yeah, yeah. they're putting the Williams answer. engines on the beach jets. They're oh, they are. Yeah, okay. There's a company doing those. And what what are they an, running now? Those, what were they? Those had Pratt's. Those J- okay. JT-15s. Yeah, JT-15s. And then, there, then there's another airplane I saw that they're putting Williams on now. I mean, people are starting to convert yeah. these old airframes because it just – it does it make works. sense. It well, works. it does make sense. Yeah, it works. It works. As long as, you know, we still get the support from Williams. I mean, they've, they're going to be around forever. They make the best engine. Without question. They're bulletproof. I, I love they're it. They're absolutely bulletproof. I absolutely love it's. I can honestly say when I pull out on the runway, I never worry about those engines. No. I've I've had a lot of stuff happen and none of it's ever been in a Williams yeah. powered airplane. Well, I think the, I'm fairly certain they've still got the record on this. They've actually never had an in-flight shutdown that was required. Uncommanded shutdown. Uncommanded shutdown. Uncommanded that's, shutdown. That's shutdown. I, I think you are correct, and I don't think they've ever had an in-flight fire. I'm I'm not a hundred percent sure. No, I'm not sure on that one. But yeah, the uncommanded shutdown I've, there was there was never there hasn't been one. I've shut down one in-flight. In all, and I fly precautionary, behind, huh? A precautionary, yeah. I had a runaway ITT. Oh, okay. I blew a pre cooler, yeah. Um, in a CJ, in a CJ, okay, yeah. And in, in descending, um, 
but I've got a lot of hours behind Williams engines, right. and that's the only time I've ever had one let me down. Yeah, and it and it wasn't the engine. It wasn't the engine. It was, it was the, the it was the pre-cooler. Right. Yeah, in yeah. the you know in the pylon. We've had to shut down a lot of engines just because we for a while there were doing training in the actual aircraft, and we, we we've essentially almost completely stopped for all the reasons that we know about. Uh, but they're just bulletproof. Yeah, they're shut down, start up, no brainer. They don't you, care. You just push the button and it <laughs> works and it works. And the automation in that is just phenomenal. They're, they're awesome. great for guys like me because I'm a firm believer. If the airplane's got more leverage than it has engines, it's way above my ability to fly. And the Williams just makes it super easy. It's, yeah. <laughs> yeah. If I never step foot in an Aero Commander, I'll be happy. Camper. Yeah. I did. I did. <laughs> I once had somebody explain to me how to fly an Aero Commander. Oh no, a Mitsubishi. That you have to slap it around. Yeah. That was his description of how yeah, to fly an MU2. So I was dumb enough to accept an offer to use an airplane for free. That's never a good offer. Yeah, guys, so just use mine. So I did my multi-engine instrument check ride in a Commander. Oh, you're a psychopath. And that was what not, series? This is the same 500. guy that's flying oh, 500. Not a problem. Yeah. And then and then I later went on to fly a 680 FL Grand Commander, which I thought I don't was even a, know what that is. I thought it was a really neat airplane. Was it FL or an FLP? FL. Oh. I don't know what that is. What is that? 680 FL Grand Commander? <laughs> I don't know. It's a big 500. You know it's what a 500 really is. Yeah, yeah. 500, it's a yeah. really big 500. It's a really big 500. Yeah. With yeah. really horrible engines with on it. With really horrible engines on it. <laughs> Excellent description. You're just, <laughs> you're just flying along. If everything seems like it's nice and smooth, it won't be for long. Yeah. <laughs> just wait for the bang. <laughs> well, guys, usually we only get about an hour out of these before our listeners start passing out. Uh, I really appreciate you coming in. Hey, not a problem. And if, it was you guys, fun. if you're ever in town again, please stop in and let's do this again because I think Mike's got about 90 more stories in him. And probably you're an after. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to hear the stories that Rob and I are both in. Yeah. <laughs> they don't always end really well. Oh, no. Well, we're still walking. Yeah. We haven't well, been arrested much. Really um, appreciate you guys doing this. Not a problem. My problem. Was this was quite a surprise. I had no yeah. idea you even did this. I know. That's all right. Nobody does. Another fine. We got like, we got like four listeners. Yeah. Another they, fine. And, another they all, fine. and they all tuned out like 10 minutes ago. Yeah. Another fine mesh you've got me into. That's yeah, all good. <laughs> Thanks, gents. I appreciate it. And safe travels back. Thank you, Sam. Hey, thank you. Thanks for listening, folks. Uh, we actually have a dedicated email set up for uh, any comments, concerns, hate mail. You know, bring it. We don't mind. Uh, I know I say I'm a lot. I know I smack my lips. But by all means, anything else that you have to say, podcast at loft.arrow. That's podcast at loft.arrow, no .com. And uh, we will field your comments and respond accordingly.